This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. This is a Business Radio special presentation of Mind Your Business, live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum in Palm Springs, California. Here is your host, Lauren Feldman. Hello. Welcome to a special two-hour episode of Mind Your Business, live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum in Palm Springs, California. You're listening to SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Warden School. I'm your host, Lauren Feldman. I'm the Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes. EY Strategic Growth Forum is an annual invite-only event with over 2,000 CEOs and founders in attendance. We're honored to be here and uh, send a big thanks to EY for hosting us. We're going to do something a little different today. Normally, as you know, the show is all about you, our listeners. We take your calls, offer advice, kick around what you're struggling with, whatever your pain point is at the moment. But today, we're going to be speaking with some pretty impressive entrepreneurs uh, about their own stories of success and failure. I'm Lauren Feldman, Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes, and I'm here with our next two guests. We've been speaking with some really impressive entrepreneurs, and we got two more terrific ones uh, joining us now. Nina Tandon, co-founder and CEO of Epibone, and Lori Torres, founder and CEO of Parcel Pending. Uh, Lori, tell us a little bit about Parcel Pending. Sure. Thanks for having me today. Pleasure. So Parcel Pending came out of uh, just finding a solution to a huge growing problem. I was in the multifamily apartment space and uh, saw this problem that people were online shopping. And all of a sudden, all these packages were inundating the management offices. And um, the residents couldn't get their package at their convenience. So we came up with Parcel Pending. And so our solution is an electronic locker system where FedEx, UPS, Amazon can come to a touchscreen, put in a code, Find the resident, put the package in, and then it sends a text and an email to you that says you have a parcel pending. And now at your convenience, you can pick up your package 24-7. And so it really, it just makes life easier for you, for the management offices, and then also for the couriers. Looking forward to this uh, conversation, I thought of you the other day because I saw an ad, I I assume for Amazon, which showed an Amazon employee opening the front door of somebody's house to drop uh, a parcel inside the house. And I looked at that and thought, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Yeah. And most people are I think I like your solution better. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, let's go to uh, Nina. Tell us a little bit about Epibone. Well, our company is devoted to um, the problem that many of us are living longer and longer and getting injured. That's a problem? Injured earlier and earlier in life. And so many of us, almost all of us, by the time we go through this lifetime, will have accumulated spare body parts that are made out of metal ceramic, silicone, and so on. Um, What we're doing instead is we're taking the cells that make up our bodies, the cells that grew our bodies in the first place and repair them every day, and um, just increase their power to regenerate those those spare parts we're bound to accumulate. Let's have them made of us. So we are uh, concentrating first on um, skeletal implants, bone and cartilage, and I'm very excited to be part of this story and and this conversation. How... um how did you <laughs> wind up doing this? What uh, what led you to uh, this business? It's not the kind of thing someone just, just dreams up at the <laughs> at the kitchen table. Um, well, I'm an engineer by training, electrical engineer, and um, actually started in telecom many years ago. And um, started taking classes at the local community college and seeing all these parallels between the biology. The classes techno- in what? Anatomy and physiology. Really? At Raritan Valley Community College in New Jersey. 
with the <laughs> idea that I, I don't know what I had in mind. I was just looking for inspiration. And um, what I saw was that there are a lot of parallels between the natural technologies of our bodies, the nerves and hearts and DNA and all of that, and saw so many parallels to the, the, tele- the technology that we as humans develop, you know, that code and, um, and so on. So I followed that through grad school and ended up working in this field of tissue engineering. And that's what we're doing now. We've spun this technology out um, from an academic lab at Columbia. And how big is the company now? We're 20 people now, based in Brooklyn. Um, how big is your company? So our company has really grown. We have been in business four years. We have over 100 employees now. We're in 40 states in Canada. And now we're going into many other areas. So retail, imagine click and collect. You want to pick up your package, buy online, pick up in the store. You can get, take, uh, get your package at a commercial office building because everybody has a package problem. And so we're growing really fast. It's a little, in your case, it's a little surprising to me that the opportunity is still there. You would have thought that Zappos or somebody would have solved this problem, you know, 10 years ago. You know, if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, I should have come up with that. It's like a no-brainer, Lori. <laughs> and so I'd probably be a millionaire. But, um, yeah. I'm it, sure it, that doesn't happen to you with every bone <laughs> too often. Uh, I think sometimes people do, do, do point out that the next generation of technologies will hopefully be more natural. You know, so there's this sense of, well, this is the future we'd like to see. Let's let's hope we get there. So I've been coming to this conference so long now I've lost track. It's six or seven years. <laughs> and I started coming because of the program that you both are participating in, the Winning Women program. And um, I don't like to say this publicly, but it's almost as if I, I feel like they couldn't have done it better if they were just doing it for my purposes as a journalist because it's a collection of vetted, really impressive women entrepreneurs. Um, and every year I would come here and be the only journalist hanging around asking, can you tell me about your company? How did you do this? What happened? And making great contacts and hearing great stories like yours. I'm still a little surprised it's not as well-known as I think it probably should be. So tell us, I'd like to have you both, how did you both, uh, maybe starting with you, Mm. Nina, tell us, how did you get involved uh, in Winning Women and what has it meant for you? I I must thank um, the rock star known as Maria Pinelli, um, who started the Winning Women program. She's with EY. She's with EY, and I happen to have met her at the World Economic Forum a couple of years back. Um, She's very involved there, and she said, um, she pointed out how EY had taken on all of these clients when they were one, two, and three employees, and said, you know, we had to think about EY, and um, and told me about the program, and I was was hooked, and um, we've been very happy clients of EY, and now happy participants in the Winning Women program. Lori, how about you? How did you get involved? So I heard about it from two different people, said, Lori, you've got to be part of this. And I had worked at Irvine Company, which is a large real estate company where I ran a big portfolio of apartment units. And uh, the corporate controller had said to me, he had worked with EY, and he said, you know, you need to know about this program. And I I thought, you know, I'm not... I don't, I don't think so. And, um, and then someone else brought it up to me and told me about it. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe it is worth looking into further. And honestly, it's been one of the greatest gifts that I've had. And, I, and this has been an amazing journey. I come from corporate America of 30 years and now starting my own company and a fast-moving company. And so to be part of this has been really amazing change. And um, like the networking, the, just the learning from it has been huge for me. Can you give us an example? What, what have you gotten out of it? 
Oh my gosh. Uh, this morning we did a mentor walk. And so it was a group of women showed up and from the winning women group. And, um, they put four of us together that didn't know each other. And we went for a walk for an hour. So we got a little exercise in, and then we talked about one topic that we're challenged with right now. And in this one hour, the problems we solved was unbelievable. And the networking and the, um, the relationships of, or the connections, I should say. So, you know, someone said, Oh, you need to call this person. I'm going to email you and connect you to this person. And that's what I'm seeing is the connectivity that exists here in this environment is it's priceless. You, you can't get that anywhere else. How about you, Nina? What, yeah. what have you gotten out of it? I would just second everything um, that, that we just heard. I think that's exactly been true for, for me as well. So what I would add to that is um, there's also formal programming too associated with the program. Um, you know, workshops on, you know, joining boards of directors or fundraising or um, personality, self-awareness, self-awareness of our own leadership style and how that fits into, you know, our own sense of self as well as the um, a, a 360 kind of view of that, of how our, the people at our companies view us. I mean, these are, there's, there's the, for, there's the informal component, which is priceless as well as some, um, some formal programming too. That's, that's targeted at companies at our, at our stage where we're trying, we, we've come so far, we've, you know, got with the skills that we've gotten, um, that we've had. And then, um, how do we, you know, transform into being able to scale our companies. And many of us face similar challenges, even though we're across diverse industries. So I really appreciate the thoughtfulness that's been put into that program. And now that it's 10 years old, I think they've just, both of those effects are, are, are really just multiplying the fact that there's a larger community now of 10 years of women who've gone through this program, sold their companies, done X, Y, Z, um, as well as um, just refinement of that curriculum. I think we're, it, this is a great time to be part of the program. You're listening to Mind Your Business. This is our special two-hour edition live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum in Palm Springs. Uh, I'm Lauren Feldman, and I'm speaking with Nina Tandon, co-founder and CEO of Epibone, and Lori Torres, founder and CEO of Parcel Pending. Uh, Before you joined the program, um, had you had a sense that your experience as a founder, uh, as a CEO, I'm going to ask you both this, uh, was different because you were a woman? Um, had that been an issue for you? or? Um... Oh, goodness. You're looking at me, both of you. <laughs> um, well, I've never been another gender, I'll just say. so. It's And I'm an N of one, so it's, it's really tough to say. The statistics are frightening when you look at the, um, the number of women starting businesses. We start so many. And the amount of venture capital or private equity that, so that come our way. And, and um, you know... There are many factors that, that come into play, um, so I, I cannot but surmise that my experience has been different than if I had been um, assigned another gender. <laughs> assigned? <laughs> have you uh, have you raised money? Yes, we have. We have raised eleven million dollars from uh, a group of angels and small funds. We're now moving on to the VC world, and so these numbers are one are numbers that I pay close attention to. Um, many VCs have not ever once funded a female founder. So n- just knowing that means that I, I think we know that we have, um, you know, we probably need to socialize them a little bit to, um, you know, seeing a different type of pattern, to having a different type of pattern matching than the, what they're used to applying. Have you... I mean, I have an MIT, like I have degrees from MIT in Columbia. I have a PhD and MBA. I have three master's degrees and a PhD. And it's, this, and I know, and I've seen the studies, you know, Harvard Business School just did a wonderful study that... Um, just the adjectives that are used to describe different founders. You know, if a female 
entrepreneur versus a male entrepreneur. Um, I, if we have lack of experience, it's seen as a lack of experience. If a male counterpart has a lack of experience, it's seen as promise. Um, have you, you know, experienced that kind of thing yourself? I'm an N of one and I live in my body. So I can't tell you. But, but you have the conversations with people who you talk to. I can to guess. I can guess. I mean, there's the Me Too phenomenon as well where, you know, especially when you're just starting out, um, you're, it's, it's, um, we know our experiences are different. But I think it's, um, it's something that I think gives us a huge upside. I mean, if you're part of what better time to be a female entrepreneur than after at the moment in history when we're realizing that this is a huge untapped market of talent and with the best match to the um, to many of the markets we're aiming to serve. Um, if I were an investor, I would be looking at female entrepreneurs because, you know, there, there are fewer of them. They've worked harder to get where they are if you believe that they're, that we face challenges that others don't face. And, um, and we've got better product market fit with so many of the... Um, it's obviously an untapped resource. If you're an investor, if I were an investor, what are what are you looking for? Exactly. So I think it's a it's a great time to be a female entrepreneur. Lori, do you feel the same way that this is a good time? You've been in business a little bit longer. Maybe you've seen more of a transition. Well, it's interesting. So I never looked at um, even in my early career, I never looked at it that I'm a female, and so I, I can only have this or have that. I am. Um, I, I mean, I'm really short, and so people jokingly <laughs> said, you know, you're short and a female, and so you you know you'll never advance. Oh, and I didn't have an undergraduate degree, and um, so I advanced all the way to a senior your vice president of a huge real estate company. And I had people tell me, you know, you will never advance. You don't have an education or you will never mm-hmm. advance because you're female. And I just didn't see it. I just, I, I moved that noise out of the way and I just kept charging. And then when I started my own company, um, I never really thought again about being a woman, but what was really interesting when I went to do my first round of angel um, funding, um, I got Tech Coast Angels who have been wonderful and for uh, us. And, um, there were a lot of women that were in the room that were interested. They came up and said, oh, my gosh, Lori, we really love what you're doing. No females invested in the company. Not a single one. And in this angel round, there were a good amount, really almost 30 people. And, um, and not a single female. Oh, that's not true. I, I did end up having a friend who, but not in the angel group. Someone outside came in and invested, but not in any of the And uh, how do you explain formal. that? That's so surprising. Well, I think it goes back to there's still this very big disconnect that men, are, men invest in companies and um, women aren't. There's a lot of women. Now we're starting yeah, to yeah, hear about it, women who are structural starting. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just second what you said. I think um, one of the structural um, situational facts of life right now is that, um, you know, even though women control so much of the consumer dollar we're not necess- and make many of the medical decisions in our families and all of these kinds of things, we're not investing at the same rate as men. And so um, there are angel groups that are devoted to helping to encourage women to participate in the investment world. And we've been the beneficiary of a couple of these funds. I mean, Plum Alley is an angel group that is specifically um, recruits female investors as well as invests in gender balanced teams and women run companies. And they are fantastic. And I think there are others that are starting to crop up that are um, addressing this part of the structural um, the structural imbalance. It's funny for me. I, um, I've never liked being part of a woman's group because I, I'm just a person. And so I should be equal to everyone. And so I, in my career growing, I kind of stayed away from that. And I was just, you know, let's go and do what's right and go, be in business and be smart. And now I realize there really is a need. And so now my opportunity is to help give back to other women right. that have um, to help yeah. them move forward. But I, I didn't have that mindset. I've never been the victim to being a woman, but I think that a lot of women have. And so there's this conversation in their head that they can't achieve this because I'm a woman. And I just, that just was gone for me. It never existed. 
Have you found opportunities to do that, to, to give back and help other oh, yeah. women? Yeah, it's really fun and very rewarding. And, and, and where do you find the opportunities? How, how do you you know, they're all around us all the time. And so whether it's just one-on-ones, most of my time um, is in one-on-ones. And so I also, I ended up, to get, I did go back and got a, a master's degree at Pepperdine. And so I have the ability, I did go. Did you skip the undergrad? Just I went did. straight to I masters? I did. I they actually had a program yeah. that uh, I was entered into and or I entered into. And, um, and so now I go back to Pepperdine and I speak in classes. And um, and then as I do that, I of course end up meeting many people and many women and men too. And then I'm you know I, I do a lot of one on one. Just whenever I'm, I want to help people, and, and people have been so generous to me. So yeah. many amazing advisors that have helped me to have the success that I've had. I want to do that back for others. Can you each uh, give us an example of something you've been struggling with uh, recently that you might have talked about on your walk or in the group here? Is there something uh, that? Either of you. Laurie, why don't you go first on this one? Oh, my gosh. The struggles. You, the list. So let me yeah. just tell you that this <laughs> is the hardest thing I have ever done. And, you know, um, having a company like this, it's like each day I keep thinking, is it going to get easier? So there's always a hurdle and there's a challenge every single day. But I'm also a solution finder, so I just figure it out. And so what I do is I actually go out and I seek advisors. And so if I am having a struggle in manufacturing, I go find someone that is the master of, of knowledge in manufacturing. And I can't tell you how great people Manufacturing would be... For the, the lockers. lockers, right? We manufacture in China, and so we need to. Um, we have manufacturing, and so as we're changing vendors or you know looking for new opportunities, I just look for the resources and get the help that I can find. And so whether it's you know from an HR perspective, I go out and find an HR specialist, or if it's a you know uh, yeah. whatever that is. And so really using people around me because people are so willing to help. Yeah. How about you, Nina? Is there something you've been struggling with recently? That yeah, I think I think our company's biggest struggle now is being at a moment of transition. Um, we're transitioning from our animal studies to human clinical trials next year, and so there's a scientific and a manufacturing and a regulatory component to that. Um, we are also transitioning from being largely angel funded. We've raised 11 million dollars to date from angels and a, a couple million of non-dilutive grants, and we're transitioning into the, the venture capital community as a source of funding. And so um, those transitions are. Are, are certainly a challenge for us. It's a, it's a fun, exciting challenge. It's such a long process for it you. Um, yeah. How do yeah. You, I'm you... a marathon runner, and um, <laughs> if anyone has ever – there's so many sports analogies. I think my favorite sports are um, – I love marathon running. I love my yoga. I love my surfing and rock climbing. Um, those are sort of – and I don't know. Where you grew up in New Jersey? New York, New York, <laughs> and um, surfing and, capital of the world. Well, we've got the Rockaways, but I, I learned in Costa Rica, where um, you know there are just these analogies between the the natural world and the world of what I mean. We I think the mind just does this. We find analogies, and um, you know, whenever you're running a marathon, at least for me, it feels like 26 consecutive one mile sprints. And I've been in this a long time. I've been in this, a, you know, can dozen you even years imagine when you have a product on the market? Of course I can. When's that going to be? Of course I can. We're How many? you know five to seven years from now with the. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? I was just thinking Do how you... many millions. Hold and on, millions we're of not packages. laughing at you. No, you know, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When it's time for your knee implant, <laughs> I, I want are you. you gonna are you gonna wa- are you gonna wish that someone like me stayed in the game? Absolutely. Will you? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. But that so, doesn't mean that yeah. I don't appreciate what a long journey it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, okay. Long journey. I mean, if you're lucky, life's a long journey, right? So every single day has an adventure associated with it. Every single month has an associated adventure with that. Any time scale that you're looking at has an arc. Where are you going to be in seven years, Laura? Yeah. I was just thinking. <laughs> 
was like, we'll be past a billion packages that we've taken. Yeah. We'll be in um, every retailer will have us. <laughs> we will be in every commercial office building. We'll have a single family solution and we're going to just solve your package problems. You're going to be bought by Amazon <laughs> well before seven years. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, there's a different arc for different kinds of industries for sure. And I think, you know, um, biomedical engineering is not for, not for every person and it's not for every investor that's just that's how the world works is like we find our match we find our adventure thank you both for joining us really appreciate you taking the time tell your stories nina tandon co-founder and ceo of epibone Epibone epibone.com on twitter at grow your own bone not yet (laughs) seven years uh, and Lori Torres, uh, founder and CEO of Parcel Pending. Her website is parcelpending.com. Avail- also on Twitter, at Parcel Pending. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank, Thank you so you. much. This concludes our special edition of Mind Your Business, live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum. We've run out of time, but we're here live every Thursday. want to thank all of our guests. Karen Clark Call, Sherry Deutschman, Nick Baer, Nate and Vanessa Quigley, Merrilee Kick, and, of course, Nina Tandon and Lori Torres. I'm Lauren Feldman. This has been Mind Your Business. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.